Hey guys, it's Pastor Rebecca and I am here with Jonathan Price. Hello everyone. And this is the third time we have tried to record this. Yes. We, um, I'm telling you, we're struggling today. Over hysterical. I, I keep laughing. I mean, just different things. Keep laughing. A cord fell off the table a while ago. We're almost dead. And it's just, it's so. I saved it, but <laughs> I saved it apparently too late for the laughter. It's just, it's hilarious. So, and then she'll burp and then. So, oh my gosh. No, I, anyway, anyway. So you see what, I, what I'm having to deal with right now. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, so today, I hope you guys have enjoyed our previous podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we're going to talk about a subject, uh, how important is a relationship with God. And before you think to yourself, oh, I've heard this a million times. This is all the church talks about. I want to make sure that it's talked about in the right way. Because I think the church as a whole, as a whole has really failed at this because... I'm just going to say it, you know, a lot of people today really lack um, the intimacy in a relationship with God. They really lack that Mm -hmm. um, because it seems like churches teach that God is so far away, that he's this being that floats above the earth and he doesn't really care about what we, what we do, you know, and he'll talk sometimes and that is not who God is. God is an intimate God. Mm -hmm. You can look at the process of how he created man to see how intimate he is, um, but churches today a lot of times not all of them but a good many of them I think present a picture of where God is just so separated from his people and that is so beyond wrong about you know who God is one thing I really appreciate about rejuvenate that I've learned here is is you know really that how close we are to God, how close, how close and intimate God desires to be with us and have a relationship with us. And it's a daily, it's a daily thing. And it's not just about, um, a God that, you know, wants to speak or, or wants me to speak. It's, it's, he wants to be with us. He wants to dwell with us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, let's talk about what that looks like. You know, I will say this, um, you know, there've been phases in my life where God has taught me different things about being with him and being in a relationship with him. And I think one problem is we just, we think we make a relationship with God too stressful. It, it's a stressful thing where I have to sit down in the morning and I have to do it this way. And I have to, and, and if, and if God doesn't speak to me, then something's wrong. Then I, I, then I didn't pray hard enough or I didn't speak hard enough. Or we just, we make it this stressful thing, which is not meant to be, you know, mm-hmm. it's meant to be, um, we're meant to relax in the presence of God. We're meant to, to know, you know, his love, how much we are loved. And it says that we love him because he first loved us. And I love what Pastor Jason said earlier during quarantine is he said, sometimes we get, we get to a place where we sit with God and, and, and we panic because we don't hear his voice. And so then we think we have to start talking more. And um, when God really just wants to, sometimes he doesn't want to talk. He just wants to be with us. He just wants to sit with us, you know. Um, if A lot of times if you see older couples, couples that have been married for a long time, they'll be sitting at a table together sometimes and they don't even talk. They'll just, one will be reading the paper and one will be doing whatever. But they just, they enjoy being with each other, like the, the presence of each other, you know. And God's the same way. Sometimes he just wants to be with us, you know. And and I think, but again, I think we, we add so much stress to it because we we cookie cutter it, you know. I want to go back to the beginning and talk about God creating Adam and Eve. If you go back to Genesis and you look um, at God creating, in the Bible, it's it seems very cut and dry and very short. You know, it seems like, well, God um, made Adam from the dust of the earth and, and da, 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 da. But I want you to picture in your mind what an intimate process that was because... 
God, it doesn't say how long it took or how long God took with that process, but God literally took the dust of the ground and he formed man and he shaped man and he shaped the organs and he shaped everything, you know? And if you think about how complex our bodies are and and how complex just a, a cell is, I imagine that it that it took time that God took his took time, you know, and then he breathed life into man. And then, I mean, that, to me, just the creating process of man was very intimate. You know, it was a very close, um, you know, process. And so God is an intimate God. He desires, he, uh, he desires closeness. And in RLA, which is a leadership school that, that we have at Rejuvenate, you know, I graduated from there with my uh, pastoral um, degree. We talk about how... Um, we talk about God's love and we talk about, and, and Miles Monroe actually talks about this too, how God desired someone, when he created man and woman, he desired something, someone like himself to have a relationship with. God created the birds, he created the trees, he created the planets, he created all of these things, but he can't, he can't have a relationship with those things, you know? God said, I want to create something in my image that I can have a relationship with, that I can walk with and talk with, you know? And uh, God had that desire, and that's why man and woman were were born. That's how. That's why they were created. You were created to have a relationship with God, to be loved by God. It was a it was a process of love. Everything was created out of love, and so you were created from the very beginning to have a relationship with God. And one thing I like uh, about Eve is Eve. If you look at Eve, I read this in a book somewhere, and I can't remember where, but. Eve had a relationship with God before she ever had a relationship with Adam because God did the same thing. He took one of Adam's ribs and he formed Eve and he knew Eve and spent time with Eve before he ever presented her to Adam. And so again, you see this aspect of God having a relationship with both of them before and then he presents them to each other. And then you see the relationship that man is supposed to have with with other with, with mankind, you know, with other human beings on the earth. And so it's with God first and man second. Um, and so you see that and you see that intimate process. And I wanted to read, um, excuse me, I wanted to read some verses to you really quickly. So in John 17, 3, this is actually, this was the verse that uh, the kids learned. This was the, what I call their holy hoops verse that they learned last month. And it says, and this is eternal life that they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they know you. Okay? A lot of churches have talked about it's uh, salvation and eternal life being something else. But eternal life, according to Christ, is that that we may know him. Okay? Knowing God and, and, and knowing him intimately. That is what life is about. That is what we were created for. We were created to worship. We were created to, to be one with God in, in our mind. Um, in everything that we do. So... There's also some verses in Philippians, <coughs> excuse me, um, where uh, this is Paul talking, and he says in Philippians three eight he says, indeed I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. All right, and later on he he says, <coughs> for his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him. 
and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So you see this echoed in the Bible that knowing God is very important, that knowing Christ is very important. And we have to understand that everything starts there. You have to know your creator before you can ever do anything else in your life because you were created with a purpose, um, a very specific purpose. And the only way you can know what that is is if you start at with the creator. You start at the source. You start with the one who knows everything about you, who formed you, who made you. You start there, all right? And that is, that's where everything begins. A lot of people like to, like to make God um, a part of their day. And, and throw God in here and throw God in there, almost like you're putting salt in like a recipe when you're cooking. Just add a dash here, add a dash there. But a relationship with God is what everything, is what our lives is built on. If we don't have a relationship with God, we don't have anything. And so some people say, well, what does that look like? Okay, there are many aspects of a relationship with God. Of course, it's, it's you know, spending time in His Word, not from a ritualistic standpoint of, you know, well, we have to read the Bible. You know, his words is his mind, his heart. You know, if you want to know about him, know his words. One thing I say, too, that I tell the kids all the time, we're actually doing this in kids' ministry, is learning the names of God. Oh, I'm going to tell you what. i got to tell you about this experience I had. Completely transformed my prayer life. When I was in the church I was in before I came to Rejuvenate, a guy got up, and I love this guy. His, his name is Brent Carr. He's a great preacher, a very humble guy, um, and I love him for, for his humility. But he got up one Sunday, and I was sitting on the front row because I'm all about that front row. i gotta got to have that front row worship experience, yep. you know. Um, and he got up, and he started praying. And I never really thought about it or knew in the Bible that God had different names, names that describe his character and who he is. So he gets up, and he starts praying. And he says, you are uh, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. You are Jehovah Nisi, my banner. You are, and he starts praying and naming these names. And when I tell you, I was up out of my seat. I was shouting. I may have run. I don't even know if I ran. But I, boy, that lit me on fire, you know. And then later on, like after I came to Rejuvenate, I really started to be like, God, I want to know you. I want to know you at a greater level. And God said something very cool to me. He said, when you want to get to know somebody, what's the first thing you ask them? What's your name? And I was like, oh. So then I got these these books, and they're called Praying the Names of God and Praying the Names of Jesus. I still have them. Um, and they go through the names of God in the Bible and his names are his character so you have friend you know you have Lion of Judah you have the God who sees me you have uh, everlasting God the Lord of hosts it just goes on and on and on and when you start to learn God's names you start to learn his character you start to learn that he's not just God he is the God who provides you know he is um, he is Abba which means father okay there are so many names and aspects of God's character. And once you start to learn who he is, you're like, that's who he is in my life. That is who he is for me. He's telling me with these names, this is who I am for you, you know? Um, so learning his names, reading the word, worship. We were created to worship. We are worshipers. We were created to worship God with our life, not just in song, but it, but with our life. Um so worshiping God, sometimes that's sitting silent, you know, while you're listening to music. You know, sometimes it's opening your mouth and singing and declaring his praise. 
you know um it, it, sometimes it's 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 dancing dancing like just dancing in his presence you know um there's a lot i mean there's lots of things you know god does speak to you you know and some people say that god does not speak audibly i that is not true god speaks audibly to me i hear him you know i hear him and so he'll speak to you you know and he wants you to engage and interact with him so listening to him and interacting i mean there's there's just lots you know there are lots of ways and you know sometimes people get a guitar and will spend time with god just with their guitar and they will um, just sing and make up a song from their heart to god there's so many different ways that you can ex experience god and tanya chester uh, one of the, the ladies that goes to our church, and, and she got up one time and she said, spend time with God outside of the box, all right? So what that means is it doesn't have to be inside your home. It can be in your car. It can be walking outside. Get out in nature. I'm going to tell you what, when I take walks outside in nature, it's, 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 in, it's weird. Something about being outside, I love being outside and talking to God and, and walking with Him. And there's just a... It's, it's like she said, getting outside of the box. You don't feel closed in. You know, you're outside walking with him. So those are some different ways, you know, in your relationship that you can experience God. But don't think that it has to be this cookie cutter thing. You know, don't think that it has, oh, you have to be sitting in a chair. And it has to be 30 minutes long. And it has to be, you know. And when, when it comes to reading the word, be led by the spirit. You know, Jonathan and I was just talking about this today. You know, some people think it's easier if they do it by book. So take one book at a time. Just study a certain book. There are some people that can start from the beginning of the Bible and read it to the end. And that's great if you can. If, if you struggle with that, then just pick a book and say, I'm going to read five verses today, you know, or I'm going to read a chapter or whatever. And just start with that, you know. Um, but understand that, that a relationship with God is not supposed to be hard and stressful, it's supposed to be easy and, and, and relaxing, and it's supposed to be natural. People say, oh, you have a sin nature. No, I don't. I don't have a sin nature. When you're a child of God, you don't. It's natural for us. We were born and created to have a relationship with God and, and to be intimate with God. Um, so, so, you know, those are some things to think about. Do you have anything to say, Jonathan? Want to come on in with some stuff? I've been I'd talking say, a long time. <laughs> it's all good. I was... Uh going to say something that's crazy about um talking about hearing god speak and stuff and being audible and sometimes mm -hmm. like i've been through both seasons just you know a season before i i would like be wondering i'm like man why am i not hearing from god like it you know it was just mm -hmm. i'd say something i could see something happen actions or something in earth happen and i'm like this is how i'm hearing but now i'm in a season where i so ask him something and it's you know answer 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 like immediately on the spot if i say hey what should i do here it's answer and, and so and two um like she was saying with the guitar thing just having that time with god i do the same thing i do exactly that sometimes i'll just sit there and play my guitar and make up a song or something just to you know just to enjoy it and then like your worship don't have to, like she was saying, it can be sitting, relaxing, or it can be dancing and running and just enjoying his presence. And one thing I want to talk about too is the, um, we have, we are, our, we are very, humans are very sensual people. We, we operate a lot by 
feeling and by our senses. And okay? emotions. And emotions. And we are not called to be led by emotions. We have them, and emotions are a good thing. Um, they're from God. God has emotions, okay? Mm-hmm. But he does not let them lead, okay? And women, uh, we have a we have a hard time with that because sometimes it's it's very easy for our emotions to lead and overwhelm us sometimes. But we have the spirit of self control. But in a relationship with God, you know, I think you know you have one end of the spectrum that says, um, oh, you know, don't that that you know, uh, praying in tongues and all that is wrong and da 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 da, and it has to be this cold environment where da da. And then you have another end of the spectrum that's like. Super if you don't, if you don't feel something it physically, well, God just didn't come today, and it's not either one of those. Sometimes you do feel, you do have a physical feeling that happens when you are in 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 a moment of worship, but sometimes you don't, and that doesn't mean that God is displeased with you. It doesn't mean that he's he's not there. God says, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." That is what He says. Okay, so He is present with His people, even though you might not feel it. Sometimes. Even though you might not feel it, there have been times where. I have sat down in my quiet time, and I don't feel anything, you know. But I, I don't, you know. And, and the enemy wants me to walk away from that and be like, "Oh, well, God's displeased with you. You didn't, you didn't feel this, or you didn't feel it, or didn't feel." And it's such a lie because I, my emotions do not rule me. I'm not ruled by my emotions, and God, God does not always manifest the same way. Even if you look throughout the Bible, God manifested in different ways. Okay, sometimes he manifested by fire. Sometimes he manifested by a voice. You know, he was in a burning bush. God manifests in different ways. It's not always a feeling. And if you if you attach a relationship with God to a feeling and say, oh, well, I know that I have a relationship with God because I feel this. Then when you don't have that feeling, you're going to question your salvation and be like, oh, my, maybe I'm not saved. And that's... That's so wrong. You know, it's so wrong. Don't let, don't be ruled by feelings. Don't attach your relationship with God to a specific feeling because there are days, oh my gosh, there are days where you're not going to feel like praising the Lord. There are days where you are not going to feel, but that doesn't mean that you don't, okay? I ta- I tell my kids this a lot of times in kids ministry. It drives me crazy, but they'll come in sometimes for worship and they'll just sit there and they won't do anything and they'll be like well I'm tired I don't feel like worshiping today I'm like what the truth is it really doesn't matter how we feel because we it is like worship is commanded you know I mean God is worthy of our worship and worthy of our love and our praise so even on the days where we don't feel like it you still worship you know because again we're not ruled and led by feelings so it's like the fruits of the it makes me think of the fruits of the spirit how Mm -hmm. You know, you might have heard some people say the fruits of the Spirit are all emotions and stuff, but in, they're actually just the the character and um, their actions. Like, even though you might not be feeling joy or peace, you can still make the actions of worship that demonstrates that through God. And I think that's something that, when you were speaking, that really stood out to me. Love's a big one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel it. I feel, you know. Love is not a feeling, love is an action. Because every married couple can testify to you. There are times where they don't feel love for their spouse. They're, they're, they actually feel the opposite and they want to punch them in the face. You know, throw them off the train. <laughs> throw, <laughs> that maybe throw Baba from the train, like throw my spouse from the train. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's real, you know. Love is an action. It is a commitment. Mm-hmm. It is something that you do. If you look at, look at Jesus, you know, in the Bible, I mean... Uh, 
if you Jesus even said like before he went to the cross, him going to the cross was an act of love. But if you ask him, did you feel like doing it? No, because we actually see in the Garden of Gethsemane him say, you know, Father, please, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. In other words, he's like, look, is there another way for this redemption plan to happen? Because I know what I'm about to go through. Um, and it's rough. But Jesus says at the end, but not my will, but yours be done. You know, his love was obedience to the Father. And then his love for us was an action that was poured out. Did that feel good? Did it feel good for him to get spit on and him to get marred beyond human recognition? No, it didn't feel good. But he did it because love is an action. Mm-hmm. So just an example of, like you were saying, you know, emotions are, you know, we can't be ruled by feeling and think, oh, i got to feel it. You know, because mm-hmm. there are there are some churches out there that are like, they will try to manifest a false emotion or false feeling or they'll try to lay on the floor and flop like a fish until they feel something. And it's like, no, you know. You don't have to feel anything for the presence of God to be there. The presence of God just is, you know? That's something, too. It's funny that I even have to remind myself. I'm like, I'm doing this out of obedience and not just trying to get that feeling or something from mm-hmm. it. Like, sometimes during worship, I'm like, I might not feel anything, but I know this is obedience. This is the action that, you know, is required. And well, commit- yeah, it's like, what's your motivation in, in, in worship? We've shifted gears talking about worship, but... What's your motivation? It's like you said, if you go in trying to make it, trying to make a feeling, well, I want, I want to feel goosebumps on my arms. I want to feel, you know, there. I'm telling you, there are days in church where I, where people are falling out left and right next to me, and I don't necessarily feel anything, Mm -hmm. but I say, but God, I worship you because you're worthy and because I love you, and I'm worshiping you Mm -hmm. regardless of whether you speak to me, regardless of whether because you don't owe me anything. God does not owe us anything. You know, we don't deserve anything. Everything that God gives to us is because of his love and grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I think that was, I don't know. Do you have anything else, Jonathan, that you want to say? Um, I, honestly, every question I was thinking about asking, you covered. Really? So, mm-hmm. ah, literally, as soon as the Lord. question come to mind, you answered it. So it worked out pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this today. And... I hope that you guys have a great day. Thank you again, Jonathan, for being a wonderful co-host. Of course. You're welcome. Anytime. And uh, we will see you guys with another podcast this week. So stay tuned. All right. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.